There Wait, is... are you gonna, are you talking about Scary Movie? Oh yeah, of course I am. How am I? Oh. How am I not going to you... talk about Scary Movie? You said we should do a whole separate episode about Scary Movie. Oh, I did. Yeah, well, I accidentally did it for this. Hello, welcome to Guide to the Unknown. I'm Kristen, and I'm her little brother, William. And today we are going to be talking about horror movie parodies. Anything from TV or movies that takes a previous horror work and references it, spins it on its head, whatever. Yes, this is no laughing matter. Seriously. Except when it is. Some of the least funny things in the world are horror movie parodies. (laughs) We've never talked about anything more serious. (laughs) That's probably true. In the course of my research, I know that it's for a whole other episode someday, but I kept coming across scary movie stuff. Oh my God. And I was like, this looks so gross. If I have to see the picture of, I can't remember who's doing it, but them spoofing the Cruel Intentions kiss with the spit string between Sarah Michelle Gellar and Selma Blair. But it's too, it's like, um, Anna Ferris and somebody's t- uh, tongues literally tied together. It's so gross. I, I don't want to see that again. Yeah, my my search results are screwed after this episode. Honestly, <laughs> like I watched so many clips from Scary Movie, so many trailers for <laughs> all the like other horror parodies that have been made. There's... Wait, are you gonna, are you talking about Scary Movie? Oh yeah, of course I am. How am I? Oh, no. How am I not going to you... talk about Scary Movie? You said we should do a whole separate episode about Scary Movie. Oh, I did? Yeah. Well, I accidentally did it for this. Okay, so, that's fine. Um, yeah, no, forever I'm going to get recommendations that are not to my liking. No. <laughs> <laughs> this, this was a hard one for me, everybody. You know what? Mine was smooth sailing, I got to tell you. I had a really? great time. Oh, my God. Yeah, TV was good. Um, all right, everybody. Well, if you're not familiar with Guide to the Unknown, this is a horror co- uh, comedy podcast that comes out every Friday. We're a brother-sister duo. We talk about spooky stuff, but we have fun doing it. You can follow at GTTUPod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram to keep up to date with everything that we've ever done on the internet, including future stuff as it comes out. Make sure you subscribe to this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you like to listen to your shows, and leave a review if you like what you hear by the end of this episode. And so if you go to patreon.com slash gttupod and back us on the Netherworld Warrior level starting at $4 a month, you're going to get additional episodes of the show. We've got an entire separate podcast that only exists on Patreon. Also, right now, during everything that we're all going through, if you buy some of our merch from tpublic.com slash user slash gttupod, Kristen and I are donating 100% of the money that we make on our merch to Dine One One. Um, Kristen, I think you can describe the, the charity better than I can. Sure. So Dine One One is a nonprofit that gets takeout from restaurants and delivers it to the break rooms of hospitals. So it's supporting local restaurants and it's also giving hospital workers really, really nice meals instead of them just having to grab stuff from the vending machine. So it's a really awesome organization and we want to give them as much money as we can. We donated our proceeds last month to them and we want to do it again this month. So if you wanted any of our merch, now is the time to buy it. Go to tpublic.com slash user slash gttu pod to get yourself some cool guys i know branded stuff and do something nice at the same time yeah and you know what further to that point we're about to start the actual show but i also want to say this because i think it's not happening for all that much longer uh if you review guide to the unknown on pod chaser uh they're going to make a donation of a quarter 
uh, for every single review that somebody leaves and we respond to. So that one costs you nothing, and all of that money is going to be donated to Meals on Wheels. So check for links to all these things in the show notes if you want to check them out further. But yes, Review Guide to the Unknown on Podchaser. That's an up-and-coming, they call themselves the IMDb of podcasts. There is no better description than that. Um, Go Review Guide to the Unknown. It helps us, and it uh, then means that a donation is being made to Meals on Wheels. Um, okay. All right. So let's start the oh, show. Also, if you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at gttupod at gmail.com. Yeah, do that. Send us your stories. People have yes, been sending us their own stories. We're going to do listener stories soon. I think we've gotten some recently. And once we have enough of them, we'll do a listener stories episode. So send them on over there. Yeah. Have you had a paranormal experience? Have you heard your grandparents talk about a paranormal experience? Send us spooky stories. Um, all right, all right, all, all right. right, all right. So, horror movie parodies. In my case, movie horror movie parodies. I uh, There are so many things. I want to preface this by saying, like, especially as we're doing shows that um, are a little goofier and weirder and very sort of, like, list-based or just, like, tons of information, there is no way that I am necessarily going to be uh, able to reference every single horror parody film out there. So if I don't mention your favorite or least favorite one, apologies. For the purposes of this list, I made a very specific set of rules for myself. If I'm looking at horror parodies, they have to be parodies of horror films, stories, what have you. So that means I'm not going to be talking about any horror movies that have comedic elements to them. Like a cabin in the woods has some parody elements, but the film itself is kind of just a fun horror action comedy. Uh, Scream has horror elements, but it's not a horror, a horror parody for the sake of example. I want something that is far more like scary movie, a direct one-to-one, a horror movie came out. We're making fun of it in this horror movie. So why don't we start right there? Cause I think it's probably the one that most people would know. Mm-hmm. Um, scary movie came out in 2000. It is a parody initially of the slasher genre of films. So uh, the overall framework uh, of this parody movie is aping scream. And I know what you did last summer. So that means that like the broad events of the story that happen in scary movie are based on those films and then they can work other parody stuff in. So uh scary movie also has parodies of um, the Blair witch. I think there's a scene where uh, Sherry O'Terry is staring into the camera <laughs> and boogers are flying out of her face. Um, the sixth sense, I believe shorty played by Marlon Wayans says that he sees dead people and he, the, you can see his breath, but it's not cause he's cold. It's cause he's smoking a bunch of pot. Hilarious. Um, the usual suspects, there's a character named Doofy rather than Dewey who is mentally disabled. And so he walks funny in this movie. And at the end of the film, uh, you see his footsteps where he's sort of stepping on the side of one of his feet and then gradually straightens out and walks in a regular, normal, cool guy walk, just like Kevin Spacey at the end of the usual suspects. (laughs) That is so stupid. It's insane. (laughs) It's 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 insane. It's honestly funny. It's at least funny in concept that that's a thing in a movie. Right. So parody is, uh, it's so hard to talk about this because I'm also, you know, like a major comedy fan. Like most mm-hmm. of my writing up until I started focusing specifically on horror were, were like Bobby and I used to write, you know, pitches for sitcoms all the time. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, I really love comedy. I'm going to talk about Mel Brooks a bunch in a little bit. Yeah. And like, I've heard people describe Mel Brooks's parodies as, uh, or like the airplane, right? Uh, 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 the airplane, the movie airplane, like the Zucker brothers did where people described it as you laugh first because it's stupid. And then you laugh another time at yourself for laughing at it. That is my favorite kind of parody where it's so dumb, the jokes just kind of live on the screen. And they're almost, each gag is fourth wall breaking because they're so stupid, you almost can't believe you're seeing what you're seeing. Yeah, it like forces some self-awareness on you. (laughs) Yes. The the thing about that is that uh, it's insanely hard to do. And like the jokes actually need to be constructed and intentional. And like I'm essentially in my half of the topic this week going to be documenting the decline and death of the horror parody on film. <laughs> um, scary movie arguably is juvenile and stupid and did a lot of stuff wrong, but it also did stuff well enough. It was incredibly financially successful. Oh yeah, well, there are five, right? Yeah, there are five. Um, uh, fingers crossed, there will never be a sixth. I don't see it happening. I don't see it happening necessarily. It's been a either. long time, and I feel like that kind of movie, that sort of parody movie, has sort of died out. But it, everything is cyclical. Everything is cyclical, but not for not anytime soon. I think it's too soon for that. <sighs> Weirder things have happened. I, I I don't know. They all made money. They all made so much money. I know, but I just don't see you know not another teen movie too coming I, out. Yeah, that's true. Um, but so, um, here's the weird thing about scary movie. So scary movie is made by dimension films released by Miramax. This is the same production house as scream scream was originally titled scary movie. They switched all through filming. It was known as scary movie. It wasn't until filming was just about done that they pivoted and said, Hey, we're going to call this movie scream from here on out. So from a certain point of view, uh, Dimension Films, Dimension Pictures, whatever, uh, managed to take the concept of Scary Movie and turn it into two franchises that made tons of money, Scream and the parody of Scream, Scary Movie. Right. How crazy is that? I know. And it worked. We were thirsting for it. We needed it. Yes, but it's as if the Beatles and the Monkees were put together by the the same producer. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's just so nuts. I mean, that happens, you know, like NSYNC and Backstreet Boys. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It it happens in the biz. One thing works and they want to keep going. How can we put a tweak on this thing and make more moolah? Yeah, you're right about that. So uh, one of the weird things about the behind the scenes of Scary Movie. So the first two were put together by the Wayans brothers. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Sean and Marlon Wayans are in them. Keenan Ivory Wayans directed. They started working on a script for this horror movie parody film. Evidently, Miramax was already working on a Scream parody film with Jason Friedberg and Aaron Seltzer. Do you know Friedberg and Seltzer? Do they no. ring a bell to you? You might know them as the 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 brain trust behind date movie, epic movie, disaster movie, vampires suck. Oh my God. And the starving games. Oh my God. This went late enough that there was the starving games? The starving games. Oh yeah. Jamie Kennedy's in it. Oh my God. There's only a straight to streaming thing yes. right yes i think so i think yes. so um but i i uh, vampires suck disaster movie was definitely in theaters yes definitely um, they're also on their imdb lists a future film called star worlds 
episode XXXIVE equals MC squared. The Force awakens the last Jedi who went rogue. All right. This is when I discovered the following. Friedberg and Seltzer have a following of people who hate them. Oh, that hate sucks. Hate them with a brutal passion. So mm-hmm. the trivia on IMDb for their Star Wars, presumably Star Wars parody movie that I don't think will ever come out. Here's some of the trivia from IMDb for this film. And then we'll get back to scary movie. I'm sorry. <laughs> They're just like, Seltzer sucks. Yeah. So here's the trivia from IMDb. This is literally the worst thing imaginable. Filmed with a baked potato, Kylo Ren will be played by a bucket of cheese. Wow. Uh, the directors of this film are living evidence that humans can survive without their brains. Ray will be played by Jennifer Coolidge, a.k.a. Stifler's mom. <laughs> These are very lame burns. If you're trying to make fun of people for not being funny. Pot kettle black. You've got to do better. <laughs> yeah. Uh-uh. Um, I just want to point <laughs> that out. crazy. Also, like, you know, arguably, these are just dudes that are making movies. I mean... Uh, yeah, listen, like, leave them be. Exactly. I want nothing to do with Epic Movie. I've seen most of these, by the way. <laughs> I know you have. <laughs> there was a period of time where Poppy and I would challenge each other to watch them. Uh, and then I, I always, whenever I put on a movie like this, will, like, you know scan the room to make sure that no one's laughing. If anyone laughs at anything in these movies, I like hold it against them. But so I've seen I've seen so many of these. That's why it's hard for me to do this. Um so anyway, Friedberg and Seltzer were working on a parody of Scream. The Wayans brothers version started to move forward. The Writers Guild of America eventually had to step in to uh to deliberate on the um on the um crediting for scary movie and they ended up um saying that Friedberg and Seltzer had to be listed as writers on scary movie even wow. though they contributed nothing to the script that ended up uh being used for filming hmm. um this to me makes it almost even more insane that they were then able to spin off with you know date movie right like date movie is a spin off of of scary movie mm-hmm. which their names are on but they didn't actually have anything to do with and Credits are weird. That that stuff yeah. happens sometimes, and I don't totally understand it. Yeah, no, I, I mean, listen, the work was done, right. right? Like, if they were working on it, then then and and it ended up, it was two versions of the same idea that merged into a final film. Mm-hmm. So if somebody was working on it, they deserve. They do. Credit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's um, just it's it's weird. Sometimes there are things where somebody's like an executive producer, but they don't actually have a hand in it. Right. So I kind of just mean that in a broader sense. It makes sense to me that. These guys have their credit for a scary movie. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm so, sure they appreciate it. I bet that opens a lot of doors. Yeah, I guess it did. I don't know. To be fair. Opens a lot. To be fair. They also did Spy Hard. <laughs> with, okay. With Leslie okay. Nielsen, which I, All right. I do remember laughing at. Weird Al did the theme for that song. That's why I'm saying, okay, props. You've got to spy spy hard. Yes, spy hard slaps. Put that on a new poster on the new Criterion release for spy hard. They should. Spy hard slaps, says Chillin' Kristen. That's right. Leslie Nielsen's going to show up in this a lot, I feel. He does. He does. Because scary movie changes hands. Mm -hmm. But so the first movie came out. It did insanely well at the box office. Critical response was mixed, at least. Roger Ebert, 
Uh, this is a quote from Wikipedia. Roger Ebert did not find the film innovative, saying that the film lacked the shocking impact of Airplane, which had the advantage of breaking new ground. However, Ebert did, did give the film three out of four stars, saying that it delivers the goods. Generous. Okay. <laughs> so it gave, it gave Ebert the good stuff he was looking for. Hey, he giveth and he taketh away. He gave yeah. some stars, but he got, he got a little dig in there. Exactly. Three thumbs. Um, Scary Movie was followed by a bunch of sequels. There's Scary Movie 2, which came out a year later. Um, this pivoted from having, you know, Scary Movie was mostly a slasher. It had like the ghost face kind of killer knockoff. Mm -hmm. Um, Scary Movie 2 is far more of a supernatural paranormal movie. The overall framework this time is The Haunting. So all these people are going for a sleep study in an old mansion. Tim Curry is running it, uh, (laughs) this time rather than Leslie Nielsen, I want to say, in The Haunting Mm -hmm. movie. Oh, I don't in in the haunting. Leslie Nielsen's in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The original. Uh, well, uh, the original. Yeah, the the original original. I believe is Vincent Price. Um, yeah, I didn't realize that Leslie Nielsen was in the haunting. Yeah, because there's the haunting of Hill House. Yeah. Then it became the movie The Haunting. Mm-hmm. Then it became The Haunting 2000, where it was supposed to be a special effects showcase, but it's actually quite hard to watch. I don't know if you've seen that. In a, in no, a I haven't. Um, then it became, of course, Haunting of Hill House on Netflix, which is yeah. wonderful. Huh. So, Scary Movie 2 parodies other horror films like The Exorcist, Amityville Horror, um, Hannibal. Um, Mm -hmm. I believe Chris Elliott cuts open Marlon Wayans' head and Beetlejuice (laughs) from The Howard Stern Show is in there. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yes. Yes. You're absolutely right. I've seen this movie more than any of the other scary movies, and I've still probably only seen it like twice or three times. Humble brag. (laughs) (laughs) This one, when I think of scary movie, is kind of what I think of. And then also Charlie Sheen and Lindsay Lohan waking up in bed together. Yes, that is scary movie five. I saw that in theaters. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh. I don't think I saw it on an opening night or anything. Oh. For all I know, you were with me, Will. Give me a break. No, I never. A no, joke. no, 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 no. Don't drag my name in the mud. I never saw scary movie five. How dare you? Really? <laughs> yeah, I never saw it. Oh, this is one of the few franchises where I don't need to be a completionist. (laughs) (laughs) I may never see another one of these ever again for the rest of my life. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I ever saw three and four. I know I've seen one and two and five. (sighs) Reading about three and four, I definitely at least saw bits and pieces of them. I thought they were one movie. Evidently, it's two. (laughs) I don't know. They're all a blur. They're all like a fever dream. (laughs) Um, So uh, Marlon Brando was almost in Scary Movie 2. Oh, my God. He shot for one day on the set of Scary Movie 2, Marlon Brando. What? Yes. But he had to leave due to an illness. Is that footage anywhere? I don't know. I don't know. But I would love to see it. Coming soon to Patreon, if we can find it. (laughs) Oh, I would love to see that. I would love to see what he's in positioned in front of so we can read his lines. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, oh, my God. After that, they wanted Bill Clinton, who was just leaving office. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they ended up with James Woods. <laughs> oh. <laughs> James was, Woods is disgusting. He was paid $1 million for four days of work. Really? Mm-hmm. He sits on a <laughs> toilet and flies uh, land on his face. Does it feel like James Woods is such a star that you'd make sure you give him a million dollars to lock him down for your movie? That's very surprising to me. I guess in the year 2001, yeah. James Woods? I don't think he's ever been A-list. Careful what you say about him. About James Woods? Oh, yeah. He sues for people that that make fun of him. 
He can eat my farts. I Careful. hate the woods. <laughs> he, he sued a guy on Twitter for saying that he uses cocaine. Well, I didn't say that. For like millions. Look, you guys can Google and find out why I hate James Woods. I'd love it if you got sued. The, <laughs> the uh, opinions expressed by Kristen Rogers Anderson do not reflect uh, yes, they do. They reflect those of God to the directly. Unknown or William Rogers. Will Rogers made me say that. <laughs> Mr. Woods, you were good in uh, no. Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. You were fine. No. <laughs> you were acceptable in that game. No. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Scary Movie 3, The Wayans Left. No more Wayans. The vibe is instantly different. Here comes Maybe the that's Z- why I never saw it. I Maybe. was like, no Wayans, no thank you. Yeah, no Chrissy. Uh, <laughs> they brought in the Zucker Brothers uh, uh, from Airplane. Uh, mm. That also then brought in Charlie Sheen and Leslie Nielsen, who joined the cast. This is also where Anthony Anderson first appears in Scary Movie, later to be seen in Scream 4, which I find frustrating that somebody from Scary Movie ends up in an actual Scream movie, but that's fine. I like eh, Anthony Anderson you know. as a person. Um, the overall joke framework is hung on a parody of The Ring plus Signs. Um, Charlie Sheen and Simon Rex, plays his brother, are farmers. <laughs> um, and then Anna Ferris has a kid and her TV is leaking because the ring, you know, Samara's in it. <laughs> sure. Uh, some of the uh, jokes, the horror movies parodied in this one include The Others. This okay. is Michael Jackson as the, uh, but I am your daughter. Scene. Oh my God, that's right. Um, other horror movies uh, like uh, Eight Mile with Eminem. Yeah, at a certain point, they just started throwing all kinds of movies into these. Simon Cowell shows up for one of the rap battles in it. Um, the Matrix and Lord of the Rings. So, all right, instantly Terrifying. less scary, instantly less a parody of scary movies. Um, scary movie four, broad parodies, framework, you know, uh, uh, movie structure parodies are The Grudge, The Village, and War of the Worlds. Uh, other horror movies uh, referenced in it include Brokeback Mountain and Million Dollar Baby. I'm sure they handled um, Brokeback Mountain respectfully. I, I, yes, I think. <laughs> I'm sure they did. Who can say for sure? <laughs> we may for never all know I, for what all they I know did. they did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they also uh, had uh, their cold open of this film was a parody of Saw, where mm-hmm. Shaq and Dr. Phil wake up in the bathroom from Saw. And What reality is this? Doesn't this sound... <laughs> Shaq has to sink a free throw to save his own life, and he can't. Oh, my God. And Dr. Phil accidentally cuts off the wrong foot. Oh, my God. (laughs) Are you laughing yet? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Fun fact about this scene. The the production team of Scary Movie 4 so accurately matched the set of the Saw bathroom that later in the Saw franchise, when they needed to revisit the set from Saw 1, they used the set from Scary Movie 4 because awesome. it was that accurately built. What a feather in their cap. That's awesome. Honestly, listen, movies are a collaboration amongst hundreds of people. Production team, bam, way to go. Like if 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 none of the actual horror films are done justice or treated with reverence or anything like that, at least the craftsmen who were building things Yes. Knew how to accurately reference. Yeah, absolutely. That's very cool. Yes, I genuinely find that to be kind of cool. It also means oh, yeah, that, not- you know, Saw 5 or 6 or whatever has a scary movie set in it. So, sure. 
<laughs> um, oh, God. All right. Scary Movie 5, everybody from before is gone. You lose uh, uh, most of the Zucker brothers. There's one Zucker brother left on this thing. The Wayans are still gone. I found a clip on YouTube called Scary Movie 5, Funny Part 3, which in, in, insinuates that there are maybe three funny parts of this movie at least. I was about to say, are there are, are there only three videos in that playlist? <laughs> find it hard to believe. I watched a clip. <laughs> I don't know. The broad framework is paranormal activity. Anna Ferris isn't here anymore either. She was the main performer in all of them up yeah. to this point. She's been replaced by Ashley Tisdale. Um, wow. Seems like other horror references that happen in here. There are more horror references, honestly. Sinister, Evil Dead, Mama. Then, of course, you know, Planet of the Apes, Fifty Shades of Grey, and Medea. So. Oh, my God. <laughs> so that, that happened. <laughs> it, wait, is is Mama that Darren Aronofsky movie with Jennifer Lawrence, or is it No, that? that's Mother. Okay, I, then I know what Mama is. I was try, I was getting mixed up between them. I'm surprised they even referenced that. Right. Mama is um, based on a uh, – the film Mama yeah. is adapted from like a YouTube horror short. Right. Uh, like two feral kids raised in the woods believe that a, a spectral figure of Mama is watching them. I think it's uh, produced by Guillermo del Toro, but I never saw it. I never saw it either. I'm just surprised because it seems like kind of an obscure – movie to me right it's it seems like a weird one for a scary movie to parody yeah i i guess so i think it, it was pretty big at the time yes well it was like it, people were freaked out by the trailer everybody was like Ugh! so i feel like the well, trailer yeah. if not mm-hmm. the actual movie was very zeitgeisty correct yeah and i think the fact that it came from a pretty viral horror youtube short which like that was you know the scary movie 5 came out 2013 i feel like it's been a bit i'm sure there are still a bunch of horror youtube shorts happening but like that was really the era of uh you know david f sandberg mm-hmm. um who did lights out had his uh lights out uh short which became a movie like it was the sort of golden age of like horror shorts on on the internet yeah um and it did kind of take people's attention um there's a really fantastic screen test these have you seen the screen test for mama where they, there's a um uh a performer who's like uh well known for his like physical performances, I think in primarily Guillermo like, del Toro things. He's got like contortion Marf- kind of stuff. Yes, mm-hmm. he has Marfans, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and so his limbs are really long. He's able to bend in somewhat unusual ways. There is um, like test footage of him as the ghost mama that is so frightening looking. The test yes. footage, honestly, alone makes me want to see the movie. But I heard so many people complain about the movie that I just haven't. Um, yeah, it it looks like it'd be too much for me too scary or uncomfortable or something in the same way that i don't want to see hereditary or midsummer right it gave me the same kind of like i don't think this is for me yeah not good feelings yeah Yeah. um so let's talk about scary movie six for four seconds it doesn't exist i see no reason to think that it will exist (laughs) one of the things that i do want to point out though is uh you know we are now in an era where prestige horror is sort of the order of the day. And uh, what is more ripe for parody than self-serious horror? That's all I'm going to say. I don't think Scary Movie 6 should exist, at least in the form that it has in the past. Right. That is a good point. But if somebody could do something that's actually funny, you're right. Like poking fun at things that take themselves very seriously is fun. Yes, exactly. You know, hopefully lovingly and yes. kindly, like laughing, you know, with them and making it inclusive. Like that's, it's just very fun. Yes. So uh, Mel I Brooks in saying. particular as a, a, a satirist 
mm-hmm. of uh, of horror. Um, really made a case for speaking glowingly and loving what you are satirizing, yeah. rather than you know just sort of like a lazy like oh this character is farting now. Oh Borat shows up. Here's Napoleon Dynamite. You know, I, I <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely possible to like do something in a loving way, but also find the things about it that are like a little ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. And you know, um, now having said it. that, Scary Movie Six does not exist. There are, in fact, fan-made trailers for uh, What If It Did. So if you want to watch those, there are surprisingly many. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to uh, a good. A good film. Young Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. 1974. Mel Brooks, Gene Wilder, um, uh, Madeline Kahn. Incredible movie. One of my favorite yes. movies probably of all time. Oh, me too. I love Young Frankenstein. Do you see that I called you Young Willie Stein on Patreon? I didn't see that. No. They did. Oh, I love that. It was in the Tuesday Clues Day. Young Willie Stein. I'll take it. So um, <laughs> something that I did not know about Young Frankenstein, which of course, for those of you who have not seen it, you really should go to see it. Um, it is a parody of Frankenstein. So that's why it's on the list. But it's also sort of its own movie. Uh, in many ways. And I feel like it is um, already uh, really exemplifies that feeling of like loving the thing that you are mocking. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like a reverence for the old universal uh, monster movies in this film. I feel the sets, old castles, uh, villagers with pitchforks and torches. It is fantastic. But something that I don't think that I knew about it, not Mel Brooks's idea. Hmm. Did you know that? No, I didn't. It was Gene Wilder's. Oh. Um, Gene Wilder had the thought um, that, boy, wouldn't it be fun to do uh, a movie where um, uh, I play Frankenstein's, Dr. Frankenstein's grandson. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what does that mean? How does he view the world and everything? Um, And so here is how Mel Brooks uh, says he became involved, because he really, he worked on the script with... Gene Wilder eventually, but he was not part of this initially. Hmm. So here's from Mel Brooks. I was in the middle of shooting the last few weeks of Blazing Saddles somewhere in the Antelope Valley, and Gene Wilder and I were having a cup of coffee, and he said, I have this idea that there could be another Frankenstein. I said, not another. We've had the son of, the cousin of, the brother-in-law. We don't need another Frankenstein. His idea was very simple. What if the grandson of Dr. Frankenstein wanted nothing to do with the family whatsoever? He was ashamed of those wackos. I said, that's funny. And that's how Mel Brooks came to be attached to it. That's Um, awesome. Evidently, Gene Wilder said that he would only let Mel Brooks direct if Mel Brooks agreed not to appear in the movie at all. (laughs) Um, Gene Wilder said that even... When Mel Brooks doesn't show up on camera and directly break the fourth wall, something about Mel Brooks on camera breaks the fourth wall. There's something about the way that he carries himself. That... That's really funny. And I kind of, I kind of, I get it. Right? Mel Brooks is such a lovely person. It's like he's looking through the camera at you. When yes. he nudges you with a stupid joke that he knows is stupid, but he also knows is going to get you. You feel him come through. Yes. You know? And so I can kind of I can kind of see that. that. That's really funny. Now I have to assume that it was Young Frankenstein and not only the uh incredible like lightning in a bottle vibe of that movie, but also the fact that it did really, really well critically that propelled Mel Brooks into making high anxiety, mm-hmm. which I think less <sighs> I people love know. High anxiety. High anxiety 
is without a doubt like a very special movie for oh, me. Oh yeah. Um I think that uh you and I were sort of raised on Mel Brooks to a certain extent. Oh um, yeah, definitely. Uh our dad was a gigantic fan, um got us interested in the 2000-year-old man, which is partly responsible for why I got into podcasting in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um and high anxiety in particular, our dad was a big fan of of Alfred Hitchcock as well. And I remember mom watching, you know, um, Alfred Hitchcock Presents on TV or something like that. And my knowledge of Hitchcock is actually pretty spotty. Mine too. That's but, a big blind spot for me. Yeah. But high anxiety as a parody of Hitchcock, I am all over. I can't Ugh. tell you how many times I saw this movie. When Allie yes. and I first started dating. I made her like it was like important that I make her sit down and watch High Anxiety. I attempted oh, yeah. to make her breakfast at the same time. It took me longer to make breakfast than the length of the movie, but <laughs> whatever. It's it's great. I think that um him, like the swirl of him in the intro of High Anxiety was my first Facebook uh, banner. Is that right? Like, on your thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> such a great movie. It is the first time that Mel Brooks has produced one of his own films or any film. It mm-hmm. is the first time that he has played the lead. In a film, at least with lines. He did a movie called Silent. Talk about date movie, an epic movie. He made a movie called Silent Movie. Yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah. I've never seen that. Neither have I, but I I at least know the history a a, a little bit. But so this is the first time that he's the lead character cracking the jokes. He's carrying the story. I think he's amazing. He plays Dr. Richard Thorndike, and he sort of uncovers a little bit of a murder conspiracy. Um, But here's, okay. So anyway, the movie pulls from Vertigo, Psycho, North by Northwest, The Birds, The Man Who Knew Too Much, Dial M for Murder, and so many more. Um, And here's what Mel Brooks had to say about it. I watch the kind of film we're making with the director of photography so he knows not to be frivolous. He's got to get the real lighting, the real texture. For High Anxiety, the question was, what is a Hitchcock film. What does it look like? What does it feel like? How does he light them? How long is a scene? What is the cutting? When does he bring things to a boil? We just watch everything. He is like a craftsman and an artist, and he wasn't setting out just to make an Alfred Hitchcock parody. He was setting out to essentially make a Hitchcock film. Yeah. One of the things that um, this movie got dinged for, because it had more mixed uh, reviews than Young Frankenstein, was a lot of people pointed out that Alfred Hitchcock himself has a bit of a sense of humor. So how can you make fun of something that isn't necessarily all that self-serious to begin with? I personally think that of High Anxiety less as a mock and more of a sort of like love letter to or... Yeah, I I barely even see it. I mean, no, I guess it is a parody, but... It definitely, I, don't know. I don't think it's making fun of really. Right. It's, it's like a play on. It's like a comedic play on that type of movie. Totally. Yes. There is, uh, uh, to describe any joke uh, immediately diminishes it. But, you know, there's a whole extended thing of Mel Brooks trying to get the uh, the bellhop at a. <laughs> At a hotel to bring him the newspaper, and the the guy is lazy. The guy's like forty five. Yeah. So the guy is like, "Yeah, hey, I'll get your paper later." He's like, "Hey, remember, get my paper." He keeps saying it, and then at a certain point, Mel Brooks is in the shower, and here comes the figure, you know, somewhat obscured by the shower curtain, pulls it back, and now nude Mel Brooks is shocked in the shower, and it's the bellhop with a rolled up newspaper going, "Here's your paper! Here's your paper! Here's your paper!" Stabbing it at him, and the ink from the newspaper is spiraling down the drain like the blood in Psycho. Mel Brooks falls out of the shower and lands on his face, and the camera pulls out from his eye just like Janet Leigh's death scene. But once it pulls out, he goes, 
That kid gets no tip. It's so good. So stupid. Yeah. Definitely a parody, but like for the sake of fun almost rather than anything else. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, not mocking that. It's not a take Oh, It's just like <laughs> just also doing it in a funny way. Yes. Eventually, scary movies started to feel like a, a bunch of takedowns or something. Or, you know, mm-hmm. like pointing out the stupidity of. High yeah. anxiety is like a celebration of. Yeah. Of, oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll, uh, yeah. So anyway, all right, all right. Alfred Hitchcock was alive when the movie was made. There was a uh, 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 at the premiere of it or a private preview, I guess, of the movie. Hitchcock walked out of the theater without saying a word at the end. <laughs> and so Mel Brooks was like, "Oh my God, he hates he hates my movie. <laughs> he hates me. Yeah, he hates me." <laughs> but a few days later, Alfred Hitchcock sent a congratulatory case of wine to Mel Brooks uh, with a, a message declaring, "Splendid. I wish I." had done it that's so nice that's great isn't that wonderful yeah that's awesome uh mel brooks would go on to make dracula dead and loving it in 1995 with leslie nielsen sure did terrible reviews i don't know what to say peter storm no not peter storm what's that guy's name wait what janos poha from ghostbusters 2 is it i can't think of his name right now anyway it didn't get good reviews um that is such a good name Dracula dead and loving it. Oh. Well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dracula dead and loving it is a great name. So it is almost like, you know, maybe Mel Brooks could have had his like monster parody films. He did Frankenstein, he did Dracula. Maybe if it kept doing well, he would have done Wolfman, Invisible Man, Creature from the Black Lagoon, who knows. But true. It did not do well. So we will what never do? we'll never know what could have been. Um, real quick, I gotta know what this guy's name is. Peter McNichol. Peter, Peter McNichol, McNichol was in, yeah, Janos Poha. I can't think of who that is. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, let's move on to some others that are just like little things just to sort of acknowledge their existence for like the, the sake of the history of the horror sure. parody film. There is a movie from 17, uh, 17, 1976 called Murder by Death. Uh, mm-hmm. which later gave its name to one of my favorite bands of all time, Murder by Death. But so this film was a sort of send up of uh, of whodunits. Um, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people uh, commonly pair this with Clue um, for what it's sort of mocking. Uh, but in this case, they took famous detectives and made fun of each one of them individually, from Hercule Poirot to Miss Marple, Charlie Chan, Nick and Nora Charles, Sam Spade. Um, a young Maggie Smith is in this movie, Professor McGonagall, also from Sister Act. Um, it's fascinating to see like early Maggie Smith. Peter Sellers does some racist stuff as Charlie Chan. Um, it's a classic. Fabulous. <laughs> it's a classic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, here are some other horror parodies that exist. There's a movie from 2000 called Polly Shore in The Bogus Witch Project. Um, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Uh, film critic Alex Sandel commented, how could Polly Shore get worse? Seriously, how? Oh, God. It's going to be brutal to- <laughs> <laughs> that sentence is tough I, human i know i feel like how the, could Kristen anderson get worse i, I know not be happy that's a hard sense if you really think about what it means yeah bobby ludbrook called it one of the worst spoofs i've ever seen and clint morris of movie hole suggested to take this out to the woods bury it and be done with it <laughs> that's a really funny bad review i have to tell you <laughs> the bogus witch project that um, i like there is Saturday the 14th, which has nothing to do with Friday the 13th. 
It doesn't even parody Jason or slashers at all. It's just some sort of a comedic vampire story. <laughs> what? <laughs> yes. It's from 1981. That's so w- weird. Yeah. Hey, but real quick, speaking of Friday the 13th, yeah. Allie and I, for the last few nights, we have been watching aggressively Friday the 13th, the series. Mm-hmm. It was a short-lived CBS show, um, very much sort of the uh, what eventually gave birth to the X-Files and Supernatural, like Monster of the Week type of thing. It, it also has nothing to do with Friday the 13th, the movie, mm-hmm. or Jason, or anything. It was suggested uh, by a listener. It is incredible. I have wanted to watch that show for so long and kind of avoided it. Or not really avoided it, but just haven't really made time for it. There was like a giant box set at Best Buy that I finally picked up. Yeah. And man, it is great. The fact that it like hooked Allie is like, it's like what we're doing every night, basically. Yeah, I'm surprised. I'll have to borrow that from you. You really should. There's an episode directed by David Cronenberg, and they definitely oh. like, it's a TV show that like all the trivia online is like, they had nine days to make an episode. They definitely inflated the budget for David Cronenberg, and he does some definite David Cronenberg stuff in it. It is cool. super cool. Oh, sweet. Um, all right. There's Repossessed from 1990 with Leslie Nielsen. Yeah. Yep. And Linda Blair. Who mm-hmm. played uh, Reagan McNeil from The Exorcist? I think I've seen this. <laughs> I've definitely seen this. Uh, it is uh, it is a parody of The Exorcist, made seventeen years you after The say. Exorcist. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Reagan McNeil, or well, Linda Blair, plays a girl who was possessed in 1973 and is now being repossessed again, and it's being broadcast on TV. And Oika, Oika. Leslie Nielsen plays Father May I. That's uh, ripe for comedy. That's a sounds right. Here's some other crap. There's a movie called Stan Helsing. Tried to watch it. (laughs) Um, There are movies that go for the overly long, hilarious parody name, Mm -hmm. such as Thirty Nights of Paranormal Activity with the Devil Inside the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Oi, oi, oi! French Stewart is in that. And um, Night of the Day of the Dawn of the Son of the Bride of the Return of the Revenge of the Terror of the Attack of the Evil Mutant Alien Flesh-Eating Hellbound Zombified Living Dead Part 2. Wow. Not to mention, of course, classic film. Also came out in 2000 alongside scary movie to parody Scream. Shriek if you know what I did last Friday. Oh my God, that's right. Yep. (laughs) Tiffany Amber Thiessen is in it. Alongside Tom Arnold and Coolio. That is crazy. Here is that, that came out. Part of the synopsis from Wikipedia. Now you know that like horror movies usually have like clever character names to parody stuff, right? Like um uh Anna Ferris in Scary Movie is named Cindy Campbell because it's a playoff of Sydney mm-hmm. from within the movie and Nev Campbell right. who played her. Right. Very um, fun. So here is from uh Wikipedia. While in her house alone, teenager Screw from behind. Oh, what? That's not even a name. Screw? Her first What's name, her first name? Her first name is Screw. Oh, my God. You know, because Drew Barrymore was in Scream. So Screw from behind. Oh, my God. I didn't even realize that that was what was going on. And the heat hits keep coming. Is that's it- a, I feel like that's a deep cut. I don't know if that counts as a deep cut. Yeah, as I was saying, I was like, it's not really a deep cut. A stretch. That's no, a stretch. Oh, no, that's a stretch, all right. 
Yeah. So while being chased by the killer, Screw accidentally runs into a bug zapper and is electrocuted. The killer is disappointed that he was not the cause of her death and lights a cigarette, leading to the melting of his evidently Jason Voorhees mask, Mm -hmm. which melts, uh, they say, revealing a scream mask underneath. But I think it's the, the... the goalie mask melts into the scream mask. Okay. So, I don't know. I can't picture this. Listen, I don't I, want to. Listen. And l- thank God there's no visual aid that could help me wrap my head around it. I've tried watching this. Tom Arnold plays Doey instead of Dewey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Marlon- Did you own this, maybe? <laughs> no. Okay. Uh-uh. No, that, like, hurt insinuation no. that stung. No, you could have gotten it for a five-finger discount from Suncoast. Hey, whoa, whoa. You've said that before. And I'll say it again. I used to steal a lot of stuff from Suncoast. <laughs> yeah, Coast. I wouldn't have said that if I didn't know you'd said it before. Ever wonder why you haven't seen Sam Goody in a while? <laughs> Will put it out of business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, when he was, like, young. Yes. A haunted house. Marlon Wayans tried to get back into the horror parody game. Uh, this time to do a, a, a parody of found footage horror movies. Made two of those. Um, they were wildly negatively reviewed. He did not do it with his brothers. I almost wonder, because mm. he was the one that kicked off the scary movie franchise. Like, could that have been better if it had been more of a, a group thing? Right. So yeah, all this, if only. all this leads us to our finale, which ironically means that we need to look back at the beginning. The first ever horror parody that I could find was from 1925. It is a silent film. It is a parody of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, starring Stan Laurel of Laurel uh, of Laurel and Hardy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the movie is called Dr. Pickle and Mr. Pride. What's it about? <sighs> about 25 minutes long. <laughs> nice. And I watched it. Yeah. It's on like the an, one of those like government archive things. So I watched yeah. the whole thing. So uh Dr. Stanislaus Pickle successfully separates the good and evil of a man's nature with the use of a powerful drug. Dr. Pickle's 58th variety, a spoof of Heinz's 57. Wow. So all the way back in the beginning, way before, you know, they put the Real Housewives of New Jersey in Scary Movie 5, there were non-horror parodies in horror parodies. Wow, wow, wow. In the earliest ever parody of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, we also have a parody of Ketchup. (laughs) ketchup yeah (laughs) so anyway he transforms into what a party (laughs) i know it really was he transforms into mr pride still played by stan laurel uh looking genuinely i guess he's supposed to be making me laugh he is scared the hell out of me i thought he was wearing a mask he does his uh laurel and hardy sort of like you know toothless smile mouth closed smile face yeah and he's got like a mop head thing of hair to parody one of like the famous depictions of Jekyll and Hyde from the era. Mm -hmm. He terrorizes the town with unspeakable acts, including stealing a little boy's ice cream. He cheats at marbles and he pops a bag behind a lady's head. Um, Very wholesome. These are wholesome scares. It was 1925. I know. It's a simpler time. His dog is Pete the dog from The Little Rascals. So he's got that Uh, that little circle drawn around one of his eyes. And at one point he accidentally drinks the evil potion um, and uh, 
<laughs> the one thing that made me laugh. Pringle doggy. The one thing that made me laugh with the movie was that um, people like are knocking on the door because they're like, "We saw Mister Pride go in here, Doctor Pickle. Where is he?" He's like, "Well, I have not seen this man." And the dog is eating the potion and then steps <laughs> into the door frame, and he's got a wig on. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that sounds kind of funny. Starts biting Stan Laurel's ass. <laughs> and, uh, I feel like that's like a twenties joke. Yes, a dog biting somebody's ass. A thousand percent. That is funny. It was, it was great. It really made me laugh. But uh, yeah, there you go. the The origin of the the horror parody in film, Doctor Pickle and Mister Boy, the, the font from which everything else sprung. One year later, Stan Laurel would pair up with Oliver Hardy. And they would go oh. on to like make like you know cinema history and do like a hundred something films together. One year after, so this was Dr. his Dr. Pickle, his solo work swan song. Yeah, yeah, Doctor Pickle, Doctor Pickle, Mister Pride. Oh, he also Pride's legacy. Uh, I forgot before he got bit on the ass by the dog. He also sat on acid and then uh, <laughs> tied a pillow to his ass. <laughs> a lot of ass work. A lot of ass work. <laughs> you know, it's good for him. There's so much ass work in this short movie. <laughs> Yeah, in 25 minutes. Yeah. Everything is ass centric. <laughs> really? It was ass central. What <laughs> stopped shopping? That's amazing. I have to mention, Will, before we move on, this isn't as explosive as when your YouTube turned on to, what is it, Gamer Grumps or something? Was that, oh that what God. they're called? Yeah. Game Grumps. Um, my, the volume on my phone keeps just going on. Oh, really? And my phone has been turned over next to me on the table on airplane mode oh my but you might see in the video every once in a while like it's only happened a couple of times but i've been like what because i can hear you talking That's because weird. i i had the youtube video playing on mute before so i could see the comments from people in the live chat and every once in a while the volume is going on dear david dear david i don't still know getting why us, even when we're so, uh social distancing exactly so i just wanted to document that dear david's antics are afoot over here at my house well good to know he's not here <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's, he's hanging out over here with me. We're quarantining take, together. Take the night off, David. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I am going to talk about horror parodies on TV, and my main focus is going to be on the show Psych. Hmm. So I think I mentioned it on the show last week. I feel like I'm talking about Psych like every week now, but yeah, we'll you're a real Psych about- head. I guess so. Um, Will talked about Psych in our episode about psychic detectives. Um, it's called. Paranormal true crime is the episode because the main character in psych says that he's a psychic and he helps the police that way, even though he's fooling them. He's just has like insane powers of deduction, but found telling them he's psychic more believable than that for some reason. So (laughs) we'll mentioned that Um, I said, or we will said like, oh, maybe we'll watch it. And then I did watch it. I posted about it. And then Tons of people messaged us and were like, we love Psych. Psych's the best. You should watch this episode, that episode. I did mention it last week. Comments, personal messages, everything. You got whooped. Yeah, we got whooped by Psych. So I have been watching Psych. I went back to the beginning of it. I'm only like five episodes in or something. But one of the things that people mentioned to me, multiple people in the course of messaging us about it, is that we might like this show because they do a lot of horror parodies. So just kind of coincidentally, we were doing this episode and I was like, why don't I work with what I got? I'm going to do some site Googling, see what's happening. And they do have a lot of horror parodies. So I'm going to go through. It's going to be spoiler free. I'm just going to talk about kind of the overarching plot of these episodes of Psych. But 
that's what our main focus is. And we're going to finish up with a few sketches from Key and Peele, Jordan Peele's former sketch show. Jordan Peele, I'm sure you know, now a very successful and very well-respected and well-loved by Will and I as well, horror director who did Get Out, Us, and he's produced some other things. But he's also a comedian, and he had a sketch show with his comedy partner, Key... Wait, wait. Keegan-Michael Key. Okay, I'm right. Keegan-Michael Key. And his horror stuff kind of showed itself in there during the sketch show. So I'll talk to you guys a little bit about a few of the things that he put in there. What a good call. I don't know that that would have come to mind, but like, yeah, I I didn't watch much of Key and Peele when it was on TV, but I will occasionally fall down like the the YouTube rabbit hole on Key and Peele. Mm -hmm. And man, some of the like obscure horror references that happen in there or sketches that dovetail into horror endings. Like it, it is, it's pretty wild. It's pretty awesome. There were tons. I picked three sketches that I felt fit most the parody mold, but there are tons of sketches that are just kind of horror themed altogether. Yeah, totally. Um, you know what? Why don't I just start with that? Because we're talking about it. Why save that for the end? Sure. Okay. So the three key and peel sketches that I pulled to talk about, the first one is called zombie attack and it's in season one. So the deal is that you kind of just gather by uh, you know, ambiance that there is some sort of apocalypse going on. Um, Jordan Peele is an abandoned, he's in an abandoned church and it has all the chaotic hallmarks of a zombie ac- apocalypse. It's like all cluttered. He's all sweaty. He's like holding a big gun. And then Key comes in dragging a third person and yelling, he's been bit, he's been bit. So then Peel is like, okay, I know what I have to do. And like very typical zombie movie thing of like, he's going to have to put this guy down to put him out of his misery. So he's like, you know, agonizing over it and like, ah, just like <laughs> screams to himself like, God, I have to do this and to psych himself up. And um, he's like, I love you, Tommy. And then he points the gun at his friend and shoots him. So then he and King Michael Key are like crying in the aftermath of it. Be like, I can't believe this happened. And Key is like, so the zombies are, um, they're raccoons, right? They're like, the zombies are raccoons, right? That's like, what's going on here? And Peel's just looking at him like, what? And he's like, no, they're, they're just regular zombies. It's not that raccoons are zombies. Peel's like, no. And he's like, well, crap, you just killed Tommy. The thing is that Tommy got bitten by a raccoon for some reason Key thought the raccoons were infected with a zombie thing, so they did not have to kill Tommy. He was just bitten by a raccoon. Oh. It's a minute and 30 seconds long, and it's good. Okay. Maybe it's, it's a little <laughs> it's a little confusing. I actually had to rewind it. To, <laughs> I was like, what's this about right. raccoons? Yeah. You get the point. I'm like, okay, I get it. They didn't have to kill him. But like what? Yeah. But yeah. That's yeah, that's confusing. I was I was like really enjoying my songs were like grooving on your storytelling for a bit and I just hit a real like well wait, what now? What are we talking if you, about? If you watch it, you'll feel similarly, but the way they're playing it is good enough that you're just like, all right, that's a weird way to get to that, but yeah. fine. Okay. Fine. It was enough. all it was all fun. Yeah. Okay, so now we're gonna talk about the sketch Suburban Zombies from season two. This, I was surprised to see, co-stars Kevin Sorbo, the guy who played, um, what's his name? Hercules. Hercules. Yeah. So he is in it for like 30 seconds because he's, again, you you get the lay of the land quickly. He's walking Keen Peel out from behind a house with a gun. Like he's kind of their caretaker. And he's like, stay close. The sheriff's department isn't too far. We can get to it. He's like, I'm going to get you out of here. Like a hero to both of them. 
Then a bunch of zombies swarm and just start attacking Kevin Sorbo. And so Key and Peele haul ass. They run and they're hiding behind a car and they're kind of gathering themselves up like, okay, we're going to get to the sheriff's station. It's not that far. We just have to run. Just keep running and let's stick together. And they poke their heads up to like look from in front of the car and there are dozens of shambling zombies out there that they're going to have to like make their way through. It's like, okay, let's do this. And they start running and they realize that no one is going for them. They're just like, huh? Like they eventually can just like slow down and it's like no problem at all. The zombies are just not interested. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, what is this? And like one of them kind of like waves their hand in the face of a zombie. And they're like, what's the deal here? And then they walk by a car that has two zombies sitting in it with the windows rolled down and the zombie, like all zombie like, like, like raises his hand, just like to lock the car windows or to lock the car. And they're like, these zombies are racist. Like what the hell? Like, why'd you even lock it? The window is open. I can reach through and touch you. And it's like, this is crazy. And then they keep walking and one of their neighbors is a black guy saying his lawn. He's like, Oh, Hey guys. They're like, what is going on? He was like, I know it's great. These racist zombies aren't paying any attention to us. Finally, we can just like hang out. We're having a party in the back. You want to come back? And they're like, yeah, sure. So like go in the back. It's like a ton of black people having a party. And the last shot is a white zombie crawling over those people's fence to get away from them. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty genius. That's pretty funny. (laughs) That's suburban zombies. Yeah. Then the final key and peel sketch. This one I don't give away because <sighs> like you were saying about something earlier, you know, explaining the joke, it's not it's not going to be funny for right, certain yeah. things, for most things. This is a real good one. I think you should go look at it. It's called Make a Wish and it's from season 4. So, I think it's a total you had to be there thing, but <laughs> I I loved this one. It's Jordan Peele playing a little kid who's dying in the hospital and he has some highly unconventional requests of the Make-A-Wish Foundation. So it's Keegan-Michael Key standing over him as a doctor and Lauren Lapkus playing like a -A Make-A-Wish lady. And just one of the requests, (laughs) Jordan Peele's playing it so well. It's so funny and so weird and so recognizable as a scary little kid parody. Like the kind of thing that you would never think of as a specific scary little kid thing, but watching him do it, you're like, oh my God, that is what they're like. Right. And obviously, you know, you would have known at the time, but especially we know now, Jordan Peele knows yeah. his stuff. So, yes. There, yeah. Like I said, there were a lot of horror sketches to choose from. Um, I just picked three of them, but there were a lot. He obviously knows his stuff and he obviously is familiar with the trope of the spooky kid. I thought this one was so funny so he said one of his wishes he starts out with is um this is a quote he would like to drown a man in a bathtub watching as the last breath escapes his body and then bathe in that water (laughs) 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 it's really good there are a few more than that um there's also you know, like the doctor, he might, he is starting to be like creeped out by him. And yeah. Lauren Lackis is like, he's just a kid. Like, what's your problem? But like the doctor gets that he's evil, right. but it looks crazy to anybody on the outside. It's very good. Oh, that's excellent. Yeah. There's so many sketches of theirs that like, there's the guy that loves continental breakfast. <laughs> and then at the end, the whole thing is just him eating muffins and laughing. But then at the <laughs> end of it, he's talking to the guy at the front desk and he's like, now this happens, this happens every day. So I'll come back tomorrow. And they go like, yes, of course, sir. I mean, but don't you understand? You've always been here. <laughs> and he kind of 
Hmm. Yes. Like nods. <laughs> yeah. And with delight <laughs> at the implication. But it's like, oh, that's a shining thing just in there. There's the famous Gremlins 2 pitch meeting yep. sketch. Like, there's so many incredible, incredible horror references on Key and Peele. Yeah, and I have an article that has a bunch of them linked in the show notes, so you can go check that out to watch these. Awesome. Another one that – it was just indicative of like how into horror movies he is because this wasn't a parody or anything. It was just using horror movies as a jump-off point. It was like him and Keegan-Michael Key leaving a scary movie and acting like they weren't scared of it, but they they like don't want to part ways to go to their separate cars. So like, no, you know, actually, I'll walk you to your car, and then you drive me to mine. Like, that makes sense. <laughs> and they're like walking and being like – I mean – it's totally ridiculous that they said that there was a demon that popped out of a trash can, but they're walking by a trash can. They like, give it like a humongous birth. <laughs> yeah. And like, <laughs> he just clearly like loves horror movies oh, and just works that. them in as an organic part of his comedy. Yeah. I love so that it, was, so much. it was fun to see. I also haven't watched a lot of key and peel. I've really just watched like piecemeal sketches online, um, but they're great. I love it. I know it's, it's so funny. I don't know what I was doing when it was actually on TV. I yeah same um I wonder what's happening or if it's still happening that show on Netflix that they were supposed to do where they were demon brothers who are going to be escaping hell it got oh. announced like two years ago do you remember I told you not on the show but I told you when that show lock and key came out I got very yeah. excited because I thought it was that even though that makes no sense <laughs> it was literally just because the word key is in the title and I've been excited for that show for two years right Instead of key and peel, it's lock and key now. Sure. Yeah, and like yeah. why? It's a whole different show that's, you know, not a sketch show, it's fictional. Yeah, Jordan Peele plays lock. Right. <laughs> Keegan Michael Key just plays key. I got too sure, excited. Whatever. I have a feeling that show's not happening. Nothing has happened with that for a long time. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so now let's go into psych episodes. So this one, like I said, I did spoilery stuff in Key and Peele. This is going to be spoiler-free. Basically, it's just plot elements. But this was fun to look over. Um, I started to watch the Clue episode of this yesterday. There's a Clue parody. But as we mentioned already, uh, Will and I both had headaches. And this is not a good show for a headache. There's a lot of action, a lot of... A lot of comedy, a lot of joshing around and running. And I was yeah. like, oh, I can't. And I turned it off. Was it, get- was it at least, was it a parody of the game clue or the movie clue? The movie clue. They did a parody of the comedy movie clue? Yes. Wow. So there must be some horror nerds on the staff of Psych because they've done a lot of horror parodies hmm. and like kind of kind of weird stuff. It, it was kind of interesting. So I'll start with Clue. I'm going to be jumping around in time. It's not chronological anyway. So let's start here. The thing that I found out about this episode, which is called 100 Clues, and it's from season seven, episode eight, and it was made in the year 2013, is that when they aired this live, you, the audience, could pick your ending for the show as it was airing in real time. And then in real time, somehow they threw that ending onto the episode. Why are you talking about that? There was like a commercial break. And when you came back, it was the solution. So the deal is that it was their 100th episode and people could vote while they were watching the episode, either through the psych website or on Twitter using specific specific hashtags about who they thought did it during the episodes. So it was a murder mystery sort of thing. And you would hashtag like hashtag Butler psych or whatever. You know what I mean? Hashtag biographer psych. And they tabulated all of this stuff and then played 
the corresponding ending. Not only did they do that, and that's not crazy enough, they did it separately for East and West Coast. Wow. So they played two separate endings on the East and West Coast, and they because they came to two different conclusions. If they had come to the same conclusion, obviously, they would have played the same thing. But since they didn't, they played two separate endings. That, that is, is so, so cool. cool. It's so crazy. And just in case you don't know the movie Clue well, that's referencing the fact that the movie Clue ends with all these sorts of alternate ways that the crime could have played itself out, which is kind of referencing the way that the board game works. Right. So I read that. I thought it was awesome. I didn't get to the end yesterday, but I'm definitely going to have to. That's amazing. That's such a cool idea. It's incredible. I've never heard of anything like that. Apparently, they also did something like that on Hawaii Five O. What? I know. I've never heard of this kind of thing before in my life. I. You know what? I, we may just not watch. You know. Yes. I don't live we... TV anymore. You mm-hmm. and I. So why uh, would we really be exposed to this stuff super commonly? Well, I think they also just don't do a whole lot of this because those were the only shows that I saw. Not that I d- dug into that extensively, but while reading about Psych, it said Hawaii Five-0 also did a similar thing. I don't oh, okay. think it's super common. It might be common now that I think about it, Will. You're right. I think in some network reality TV, I could be wrong, but I think on like The Bachelor, like nothing's. I don't think that you could guide the action in any way, but I think that there is some sort of audience participation aspect of The Bachelor and or maybe Survivor, things like that. And then on an after show, they talk about the results from what came in during the show. Huh, okay. I think. All right, that's interesting. And yeah, now but- I think about it, I guess they do, you know what, I think they also did that on like um, The Walking Dead, uh, what's called Talking Dead. Oh, I think that they would have poll questions up and then like, uh, what's his, what's that guy's name? Um, Chris, Chris Hardwick. Yeah, I think Chris Hardwick would be like, oh, okay, so 73% of people think Negan is hot or whatever. Yeah, I get the polling is a little different from actually delivering different material. It definitely is. I, I guess I'm just going off on a tangent about like live participation and tabulation. Right. Yeah, I think I, I wonder if maybe TV is, uh, you know, occasionally doing things that are really innovative that I'm not exposed to, you know? I mean, to- totally possible. I had no idea that this was a thing. And this yeah. happened in 2013. That's interesting. So what they did was they shot a total of five alternate endings. And so I'm sure they gave you – there's a limited number of options or whatever for what the ending could be. It would it would correspond to one of these things. Um, so they aired two of those endings when the show aired live. The other two were available the next day on demand and online if you wanted to check out two of the other ways this could have gone. And then the last one was only on the seventh season DVDs. If you wanted to like have a complete view of all the ways this could have gone. I really love that. I I love that. The fact that they shot more than they showed on television really tells you that it's true what they were doing because they were willing to let some material not be seen. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I think so. It's so damn cool. I've never heard of that before. That's fun. So, what happened in the show is that um, like the two psych guys were guests at a like a rock star's mansion dinner party. And Leslie Ann Warren is there who plays Miss Scarlet and Clue. Christopher Lloyd is as well who played Professor Plum. And Martin Mull who played Colonel Mustard. They're also involved in this. Wow. And unsurprisingly, people keep dying off. And yeah. so it's a murder mystery thing. Christopher Lloyd says great Scott at one point, which is confusing to me. Yeah. He he has a weird ponytail that has like a, a, a 
weird edge curl in it. Um, his look is perplexing. Maybe he just wanted to have a little bit of fun. Right. I think he was like an aging rock star on um, House, and he was actually like really good, I think. And it was like sad and interesting and yeah. Well, I mean, that's funny because he had kind of an aging rock star vibe in this because it's really? a, a rock star's mansion. And I think if I remember correctly, Christopher Lloyd was his biographer in oh. this. He had written a book about this guy. Yeah. Because this wonder... was some like really big band like Rolling Stones-esque or something. Yeah. I wonder, you know, Christopher Lloyd, does he really get to sort of um, play like roles anymore? He always has to be saying Great Scott, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure. I know that he was in something else recently on tv that i heard about that i didn't watch um he was in like a serial killer movie in the last few years what did he yeah. play a serial killer uh i don't know i think he might have i think he was like a serial killer mentor to a kid who was like i might be a serial killer too oh or like a psychopath oh something weird. like that yeah he also created modern family did you know that what no i did not know that yes he's been raking it in Wow. All right. Isn't well done, weird? Christopher Lloyd. Yeah. I know. Good on him. Way to go. Yeah, no, yeah. he was in a movie called I Am Not a Serial Killer. Oh. <laughs> in 2016. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I heard okay things about it. Huh. Yeah. All right. So, moving on. Let's talk about the episode titled Lassie Jerky. And this is in season seven. It's episode three in 2013. So this is a Blair Witch parody kind of found footage style episode where the gang. So it's like two dudes who are kind of partners together in their business called Psych, which I think is weird, but fine. And then they team up with like a couple of cops or detectives a lot of the time. So the four of them head out to the woods to make a documentary about finding Bigfoot. I'm not sure why. Maybe it's one of those things where like, it's one of their passions, but they never, it never came up before or something like yeah, that. Right. So they head out into the woods with a handheld camera. One of the cops does. And I'm so scared, but says I'm so cold okay. and it's not even close up on him or anything, but you can just like sense that this is supposed to be a Blair, Witch I'm so scared moment. There's a WWE wrestler named Big Show who guest stars mm -hmm. and there are potential woods cannibals and woods criminals. Sounds oh, fun. Okay. Um, as well mentioned, my info from this comes from an E roundup, like an E news roundup of the best psych theme episodes. But then I would Google the name of the episode and the word promo and watch the commercial that aired for each show when it was going to be the next episode up so that I would be able to get a little bit of a gist of it, but not spoil things too terribly. For yeah, you yeah, guys. I get some of the flavor. Yeah, that's right. Some of the real time flavor. So now I did watch this episode. This is what kicked me off. There is the episode Dual Spires, which is season five, episode 12 from 2010. And this is their Twin Peaks parody. So in this, they're finding out who killed Paula Merrill instead of who killed Laura Palmer. So Gus and Sean, the two main guys, go to a town called Dual Spires for, for a cinnamon festival, which I find very funny. <laughs> So this is the first episode of Psych I ever watched. I was like, okay, let me see this like standalone episode. Yeah, it's very goofy. And, and anytime they talked about anything having to do with the Cinnamon Festival, I kind of found it funny. And then when I went back to the very beginning, the first episode, this Dual Spires episode, season five, I believe in the first episode they talked about how they wanted to go to a Cinnamon Festival. Oh wow! They, they didn't say that the town they're going to is Dual Spires, but they mentioned a cinnamon festival. And I was like, my God, they've been laying the groundwork for this the entire time. Wow. It was just like a joke that they had always 
had in the writer's room for some reason. And then when it, they wanted to do the Twin Peaks thing, they're like, maybe the Cinnamon Festival is in Dual Spires. Is it time for us to finally go to our Cinnamon Festival? <laughs> Use our secret weapon. Right. So, yeah. So they go to this town for the Cinnamon Festival and they get wrapped up in the murder of a teenage girl. It is packed with Twin Peaks alum and tons of references um, using their names from the show so that it's clearer for people from the show Twin Peaks, Bobby, Audrey, Laura Palmer, Leland, the log lady, that guy, Harold Smith, who was the guy with all the orchids in season two and the mayor's wife, Lana from season two are all in the episode. Wow. And, um, you know, the references that you would think there's like weird dancing and they have kind of jazzy music. They remade the psych theme song with Julie Cruz to make it all Twin Peaksy. It's crazy. That's and really cool. It's really cool. And so apparently the guy who plays the fake psychic, um, who plays Sean, I can't remember what his name is in real life, is like a huge Twin Peaks fan. That's cool. And it was like a, a big deal. It seems like he was one of the people who spearheaded it and like called people up from the cast through connections. It was like, will you come and do this? And so I can't imagine how exciting it was. And I want to mention, I find this adorable and funny instead of apple pie and coffee in the episode, they all are ranting, raving about how good the cinnamon pie is and the apple cider cinnamon pie. They're there for the cinnamon festival. Wow. I bet it's like a cinnamon sugar pie and I bet it's delicious. I love cinnamon sugar. Okay. Maybe it's like um that pie goober pie. Have you ever heard of that before? <laughs> yeah, I've heard of goober pie. It's basically pecan pie, but just without pecans on top of it. Right, right. I wonder if it's like that, but just like very cinnamon forward. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have you ever heard of goober grape? Oh, have I ever heard of Goober Grape? Have you read the reviews for Goober Grape? <laughs> yeah, I have. <laughs> <laughs> Can you believe we've both gone to smuckers.com to read the reviews for Goober Grape? <laughs> Do a search for uh, Guides the Unknown Smuckers in YouTube and you'll hit a bonus episode of Will and I reading reviews on that site. Is That's not Patreon? That's just out there? Yeah, it's just out there. Oh, wow. That was one of the things I just <laughs> went through. Just, oh, wow. That's the good work you've been doing is going back to our Goober Grape review to make sure it's search engine optimized. And has the correct keywords. Incredible. <laughs> Incredible work. Oh, thank you. Okay, so now let's talk about the episode Nightmare on State Street. This is season eight, episode nine, made in 2014, and unsurprisingly, it is a Nightmare on Elm Street parody. Nice. So this was the penultimate episode, the second to last, of the entire show. And it's pretty star-studded. Um, they were flashing some people in the commercial promo and being like, this person, that person. I was like, I don't know who these people are. <laughs> it was like Sutton Foster, who I know is an actress. I think she's on like another USA show that I don't watch. Right. So it was like a lot of people like that who I was like, I don't know who these people are. But I did know Bruce Campbell. Wow. And, and Felicia Rashad, <laughs> the mom from Fresh Prince. Oh, my. What, what's yes. Bruce Campbell doing on a Friday the 13th show? It was Nightmare on Elm Street. All right, Elm Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just horror. They probably wanted to get like a horror person in there. He plays a character named Ashford Simpson. Okay. So Ash. Right. And apparently some of the makeup in the episode is meant to be a nod to the Deadites and Evil Dead. Okay. Well, in Evil Dead 2, there was Freddy Krueger's glove. Oh, that's right. Okay. Mm -hmm. so, so there's a little bit of there's a little bit of crossover. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, the episode is basically all about Gus having tons of nightmares. And apparently from what I read, it's like really weird and twisty turny. And like, what is this even about? But I think just a bunch of like horror nightmare sort of stuff. And in the commercial, you see Felicia Rashad get eaten by a giant plant thing that comes out of the sink. And then um, Gus, who's played by Dulé Hill, screams. I noticed in these promos, this hasn't really happened in the actual show yet. A big gag on the show, I shouldn't say a big gag, happened a couple of times. And it's something that, you know, I'm privy to is somebody screaming with a very, very high pitch. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So Gus screams with a very high pitch when his mom <laughs> gets eaten by a thing. And I was like, see, I'm in the right place. Yeah. Our, our guides, the unknown listeners and viewers haven't steered me wrong. So the next episode I'll talk about is this is so weird. I'm really just going to touch on it. But I was like, what the hell is this? Like. It seems like it genuinely is awesome to work on this show because it was a hit. Maybe you've gotten the trust of the audience and you can kind of do whatever weird stuff you want and they kind of get your vibe already. So they'll go with it and the network is willing to go with it. This episode is only horror adjacent. It's really a Harry Potter thing, but it's a Harry Potter slash Guy Ritchie like gang dude movie episode called Lock, Stock, Some Smoking Barrels, and Burton Guster's Goblet of Fire. Wow. Okay. Wow. Shriek sounds- if you know what I did last Friday the 13th. Yes, definitely. It sounds so weird. Yeah. So this was a season premiere, the season premiere of episode eight in 2013. Um, the boys are in London because Sean is going undercover for Interpol, and there is a crime going on, but Gus is determined to make it to PotterCon. <laughs> So I'm guessing that the crime thing is kind of the lock stock and two smoking barrels deal. And then everything else is Potter con stuff. And then also horror friend, Carrie Elways. How do you say it? I can never say it. Carrie Elways is in it. Yes. Wow. In a recurring role. He apparently plays an art thief named Pierre Despero. And I wrote, what is this show? Yeah. What's happening? <laughs> like overall, <laughs> Carrie Elways is playing a, a recurring role as an art thief named Pierre Despero. <laughs> <laughs> that's what? pretty wild. Yes. That's that's there's a lot going on there. Definitely. It's action packed. Now let's move on to their Friday the 13th um, spoof or parody. Tuesday the 17th. This is season three, episode 15 in 2009. And in this episode, Gus and Sean go back to their old summer camp, (laughs) Camp Tikihama. And it is, I don't know. I don't know why. And uh, it's been turned into a murder mystery theme camp. But the game turns real, and what? there's a real murder going on while they're there. No! No! In the promo, promo, you say that there's a killer who has a bag over his head and X's over his eyes. Hmm. So this is kind of a reference to Friday the 13th Part 2, where Jason has a bag over his head. But it's also, I'm sure they intended it just to be that. But I was like, I feel like killers with bags over their heads are a thing. Yeah. So I Googled it, and there are a lot of um, bad kid killers. There are the bad guys in The Strangers. There's that sh- that movie, The Town That Dreaded Sundown. Mm-hmm. The movie Trick or Treat. Um, kind of The Orphanage or El Orphanato. Um, I'm disturbed by a bag over the head, it turns out. I know. I it's scary. It's lumpy. It's hard to understand what's under there. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I'm surprised, but my reaction to all these pictures that I found, and these are in the show notes as well, was like, ugh, ugh, Yeah. I don't like a killer with a bag over its head. So the final episode of Psych that we're going to talk about that parodies horror is called Here's Lassie. 
and it is season six, episode 11 from 2012. So Lassie is the nickname, apparently, I haven't come across this yet, of Officer Lassiter. Um, okay, I was going to ask. Kind of like, yeah, it's not the dog. I know when I saw it, they, there are references to Lassie or Lassie in the title of things a bunch. And I was like, what is this? But it's, <laughs> I guess it's how uh, Sean mocks Officer Lassiter by calling him Lassie. Okay. So Officer Lassiter moves to a new condo and he ends up going mad like Jack Torrance. Why, this one seemed crazy from the promo. I mean, really want to watch it. This is so weird. And it, it like made me, it was pretty funny. Um, there's a shot of like the shining twins down a long hallway and they both have his face on them. Oh, I had to like pause YouTube and like <laughs> scooch around and they both have like a grown man's face. Like <laughs> and at, at one point he um, plunges a knife through a door like the shining and Gus is on the other side of it. And officer Lasseter is like, wow, this door is really solid. Cause he like, gets kind of through but like not all the way through like in um the shining and gus is like crying and scared but he goes i think it's oak <laughs> <laughs> <All right>. um, <laughs> what 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 is this show is this is it okay is this show here's, a comedy yes okay here's the thing i had to get with the program a little bit because i didn't realize i don't know what they marketed as i was like okay this is a mystery show that has some like goofy elements characters welcome characters welcome but as i'm watching these episodes i like it guys and i'm gonna keep watching because i genuinely like it but i was struggling a little bit there's it there's a lot of comedy and sometimes it's not always my taste but it's still always fun and pleasant Mm -hmm. and so around like episode four i was like oh you know what this is a comedy show where a mystery happens like i need to sink into that and not so much that it's a mystery show yeah it was paired with monk you know yeah and Mm -hmm. monk is uh, i i think it tries to walk the line of detective show and comedy and maybe falls a little more detective, I want to mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. Maybe Psych is the the counterpart to that. It's it a little might more be. comedy. Would... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's still mysteries going on, everything to keep me keep me intrigued, but it definitely is more comedic. But once I wrap my head around that, I'm like, okay, it's comedic. It's not always gonna make me slap my knee, but sometimes it does, and it's always just like pleasant and like right. I, I like it a lot. Um Okay, so in that same Here's Lassie episode, um, they throw in some other horror references. So similar to during the Nightmare on Elm Street episode, them having like Deadites and Bruce Campbell. And this, The Shining episode, there's a pregnant girl named Rosemary. So kind of a Rosemary's baby thing. And she's played by Valerie Curry, who was in Blair Witch from 2016. Hmm. So I'm not, I'm sure that wasn't, oh no, it wasn't even out yet. This came out in 2012. Interesting. Blair Witch came out in 2016, but it's just something I noticed. Yeah, yeah. And also, Gus and Sean dressed like Ghostbusters at one point. So they're really packing it in. Okay, yeah. They're having fun. Mm -hmm. They're having a good time. They're having a great time. And so, just like they packed it in, I think we pack it in. Oh, yeah. Here, at the end of the show. Yeah, and we we certainly have packed it in. I feel like we covered a lot of ground in this episode. (laughs) We really did. You're not kidding. The horror parody really as like a a sort of like genre unto itself. Yes. I mean, there's just so much stuff. There's there's too much stuff. Yeah, I didn't even touch on like Treehouse of Horrors. There's way too much there. I Googled it to see if I could cover something in a quick way. And I was like, nope, 
I, I've got enough here already. There's a ton of stuff. Yeah. And that's great. That's enjoyable. I love seeing horror pop up. It's always welcome to be like, oh, they're doing a shining thing. Yeah. Even if I don't like it in something, I'm like, oh, I know this. This is like my friend. Yeah. My friend, my, my friend is here. Exactly. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I know that uh, Freddy Krueger was at least somewhat recently last year was on an episode of The Goldbergs, that, <laughs> okay. 80s, that 80s themed show. Yep. on like ABC or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it might be the final time that Robert England plays Freddy Krueger is on that TV show. Which is I mean, not impossible. I hope not. Kind of interesting. Yeah. You know, I think I had a dream about Robert England the other night. Oh, God. Will, that's <laughs> not about not Freddy Krueger, about Robert England, the actor. Yeah, but still, what if life imitates art and he's worming his way into your dreams? Then I get to hang out with Robert England someday. I straight up think that it was like we were on a movie set. <laughs> I was like, hey, so how you doing, <laughs> um, Robert? <laughs> I think it was over at his sweet. house for some reason. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> my dream is such a twisted. My, my, yeah, my-, my dream psyche is a really twisted place. Um, <laughs> all right, everybody. Well, we are now at the end of this week's episode of Guide to the Unknown. Thank you all so much for hanging out with us. If you enjoyed the show, now is the time to go leave that review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, even Facebook, or Podchaser. If you leave a review right now on Podchaser, find a link in the show notes. Uh, They're going to donate 25 cents to Meals on Wheels. So really great time to do that. Super, super appreciate it. And plus you get to do something good. The same kind of feeling applies to going to tpublic.com slash user slash pod and getting yourself some merch, which we will then donate our proceeds from to Dine 111. So you get something, but you get to give something as well. Yeah. I guess you don't really get anything by leaving us a review. I guess it's um, not the same. Well, we might respond to it. We might respond to it. We might read it on the show, just like I'm about to read uh, Grace's review on Apple Podcasts, where uh, they said, so much fun. These two are adorably spooky and cute in all the best ways. I'm thoroughly enjoying this podcast. Even if the specific topic doesn't necessarily pique my interest, listening to them talk about it is entertaining in itself. So oh, thank you nice. very much, Grace. Thank you, Grace. That's nice. And to everybody who uh, yes. may end up reviewing the show. Absolutely. It means a lot to us and also helps other people find the show. So it's very, very appreciated. Yeah. If you need more Guide to the Unknown, here are some things that you can do. Follow at GTTU Pod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You're going to get links every time that we are releasing something brand new uh, on places such as patreon.com slash user. That's wrong. Patreon.com slash Pod. If you back us on our Netherworld Warrior level, that starts at $4 a month. And what it gets you access to is more than a dozen exclusive shows. Some of them are podcasts that are made only for our Patreon audience. Sometimes there are uh, bonus audio commentaries. We've got Scream 1, 2, and 3 commentaries up there right now. Sometimes, I think in the past, we've played a video game and done like a horror video game stream up there. There's so much bonus material on patreon.com slash pod uh, that you can really dig into that if you need more of us once we sign off here. Yeah, that's right. And all of it over there is in video format and audio. So you can kind of choose your own adventure and take it in however you want to. Mm -hmm. You You can can also also join the party with us over on facebook.com slash groups slash GTTU pod. You can talk back to us. You can talk with other listeners and viewers like yourself in posts over there. Share what you've been up to. uh, Share moments from the show you like, things that you would like us to cover in the future, horror news, anything you want. It all goes facebook.com slash groups slash gttu pod 
That's right. If you want to get in touch with us, you can always email us at gttupod at gmail.com. Yeah. You can also find us everywhere on social media. I am at Chillin' Kristen on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And I am The Myth Traveler. So thank you all so much for hanging out with us this week. We'll be back next week to talk more about weird, wacky old stories. But until that time comes, we must travel. Back to the netherworld, go we. I'm disturbed by a bag over the head, it turns out. I know, I it's scary. It's lumpy, it's hard to understand what's under there.